Welcome back to our study. We're talking about attitude. We're talking about how the people of God in the wilderness developed wrong attitudes and, it, and they had a terrible, terrible result from it. And those who had the right attitude, Caleb and Joshua, because they had the right attitude, it, it determined a great outcome. And we're talking about attitudes make a difference. But also, I want you to see another great, greatly, greatly important fact, and that is your attitude is a decision. You choose what your attitude will be. You determine it. Circumstances, people, things, or problems really cannot determine your attitude. I mean, you can have those going on, but you determine the attitude. You often blame everything or everybody for our problems, but that's not the problem. The problem is how we choose to deal with our attitude. Your attitude doesn't depend on your circumstances, your personality, your IQ, your education, or your background. It doesn't depend on how many degrees you have from the college or university or how many Bible verses you memorized. It depends totally on the choices you make each day about everything you deal with and how you let God enable you to have the right attitude. Viktor Frankl was three years in a Nazi death camp during World War II. Most of the people in his camp died except him. And the reason he didn't was his attitude. He kept a positive faith, a positive belief that things were going to work out and God was going to get him out of there. And that's what happened. We choose our attitude. You see the story of, fictitious story of two buckets illustrates it. One bucket said, there has never been a life as disappointing as mine. I never come away from the well full, but that I have to return again empty. But the other bucket said, there's never been a life as happy as mine. I never come to the well empty, but that I go away again full. You see, it's all a matter of how we let God look at us and how we look with God's eyes upon other things. That's why Paul said, think about these things, the things that are upbuilding, the things that are encouraging and trust God to enable you to have the right attitude. Paul was imprisoned in Rome unjustly for preaching the gospel. It was cold. The atmosphere was depressing. It was a very difficult place. But he wrote from that cell to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. A confined man was telling carefree people how to rejoice. But the secret was found in what he wrote in Philippians 4, 11, and 12, where he said, I have learned to be content whatever my situation. He had chosen to have an attitude. He had to learn it. And see, that's the thing. Many of us are defeated by our attitudes. Early in my life, I was defeated by several attitudes that I thought I couldn't overcome. I would get discouraged and depressed and down. But then I realized that by God's power, I don't have to stay like that. I don't have to to accept that. I don't have to live that way. I can choose an attitude that gives me faith in him and trust in him and an attitude that it moves me forward. William James, the philosopher, once said, perhaps the greatest discovery of this century, and this was the 20th century, is that if you can change your attitude, you can change your life. And that's true. God can help us change our attitudes. But the, the big question is, do we desire to change? Many of us get settled into our ruts, we're negative, or we have an angry attitude, or we have a doubtful attitude, or we have a critical attitude, 
whatever it is. And, and we're more comfortable with our old problem than we are with the new solutions. The Duke of Cambridge once said, any change at any time for any reason is to be deplored. In other words, I'm in my rut and I'm going to stay there. I'm not changing. But God says he wants us to change. He wants to change us. You see, it's really interesting how we look around and we see all the people around us who need to change. Our mates, if she or he would just change, life would be good. If my kids would change, life would be good. If my parents would change, everything would be better. If my boss would change. But you see, we have no power to change any of those people. We only have the power to change ourselves. And what is literally amazing is when we begin to let God change us and our attitudes, it affects the people around us, and often they begin to change too. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16 that God has given to those who are believers who really trust him the mind of Christ and the attitude of Christ and that he wants to fill us with his spirit so that that attitude can come out in our lives. With Christ, we can have the right attitude. And Chuck Swinsall once said, In vain I've searched the scriptures looking for examples of early Christians whose lives were marked by rigidity, predictability, inhibition, dullness, and caution. But he said, I haven't been able to find it. The scriptures do not tell of people like that. Instead, I find examples of adventuresome, risk-taking, enthusiastic, and authentic believers who, whose joy was contagious in times of painful trial. And the contrast, says Swindoll, between then and now is staggering. The challenge is that you and I will begin to take seriously to the, the attitude that we, should, that we should change our attitudes, the attitude to change our attitudes. We magnify our problems rather than what the Lord would have us do. Psalm 34 says, come let us magnify the Lord, and we say, come let us magnify our problems. Well, we need to quit magnifying our problems by doubt, anxiety, worry, and procrastination and self-preoccupation and magnify the Lord. The famous inventor Samuel Morris was one asked if he ever encountered situations where he didn't know what to do. Morris replied more than once, and whenever I could not see my way clear, I knelt down and prayed to God for light and understanding. Morse received many honors for his inventions of the telegraph and other things, but he said he felt undeserving. I've made a valuable application of electricity, not because I was superior to other men, but solely because God, who meant it for mankind, must reveal it to someone, and he was pleased to reveal it to me. You see, Morse had the right attitude, and so I think what we need to do is evaluate our present attitudes. Are they like Christ? Do I really have his mind on this? And do we want to change our attitudes to let God do what he wants to do and then ask God for the strength to change? It's not easy to change from a negative person to a positive person. It's not easy to change from a critical person to a complimentary person. It's not easy to change from a person who complains to a person who's thankful. But it can happen. It can happen to you. It can happen to me. And each day... We can take deliberate steps to let that happen in our lives if we choose to do so. But we have to make that choice, and it's not an easy choice to make because it, upside, it turns our life upside down. It really turns our life right side up, and God begins to work in amazing ways.
I hope you will make that choice and begin to do that today. God bless you.